I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports program from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we chat to a former breaker about why he doesn't want the New Zealand side to win the Australian National Basketball League. We talk to Netball New Zealand about their failed legal battle to get former Samoa goal shoot Catherine Latu cleared to play for the Silver Ferns. We find out what's making the high-flying Highlanders tick. And we talk to a New Zealand rugby league legend about why he's stepping down from his role at the Manly NRL club. The Breakers have the chance to become the first ever New Zealand team to win an Australian competition when they take on the Cairns Taipans in their winner-takes-all ANBL basketball grand final decider in Auckland on Friday night, but there'll be a couple of Kiwis desperately trying to stop the Breakers making history. Former Breakers and Tall Blacks players Phil Jones and Lindsay Tate will both line up for Cairns as the Northern Queenslanders attempt to beat the Breakers at home for the first time this season. The Taipans lost all three of their regular season games with the North Shore-based side and were thumped in Game 1 of the Grand Final Series in Auckland before coming back to snatch victory in a double overtime thriller in Game 2 in Cairns. Murray Williams caught up with Jones in Auckland as the Taipans prepare to spoil the Breakers' fairy tale end to the season. Personally, I would probably have a, you know, um, probably a sad place in my heart for him. But, um, you know, if, if he gets it and I don't, then I'll probably be you know, pretty sad myself. So it's definitely going to be a war on Friday. Is it an unusual position for yourself, I mean, when you see uh, where New Zealand basketball is at at the moment and how well the breakers are doing um, in an Australian competition, but you're playing on the Aussie on the, on the Aussie side, I mean, is it an unusual position for you? Because you must be happy with the way New Zealand basketball's at. Yeah, right now, I think uh, with all the exposure that the Breakers are having in the final series, it's really helping the New Zealand basketball. But, you know, for me personally, uh, basketball's my job, and, and being a professional player, you know, my loyalties lie with the Taipans. You know, I was a Breaker, but I'm not anymore. I'm a Taipan now, and, uh, you know, if you cut me open, I'd bleed orange, and, uh, and that's the way it's going to be tomorrow night. And do you ever think you'd hear yourself say that? Um, I guess with the sport, with professional sport, you never know who you're going to be playing for. You know, if it, once your contract's up, uh, if something else comes up, uh, I guess you don't know who you're going to be playing for. And uh, the way that I've always been in my career is I'm loyal to the team that I play for. So uh, right now, the Taipans is my team. And the big news uh, at a Breakers camp is that Kirk Penny's declared himself fit. What do you make of that news? It uh, doesn't really matter to us, you know. Uh, I know how Kirk is. I know what he does. I know how he operates. Um, you know, I'm sure he was getting his legs right for the game. Uh, maybe he did have a sore back. Maybe he didn't. But uh, I guarantee you, when the game tips off, Kirk will be given 100%. Chris did a good job on him over there. Um, defensively, that's the switch defensively, putting big men on him and, and really shutting him out of the game. Only 12 points. Are you guys likely to, to stick with that same defensive strategy, or do you mix things up again? Oh, we'll, we'll probably throw a mixture out there. Um, you know, we did do a reasonably good job on Kirk, uh, you know, but doing it twice in a row is probably uh, easier said than done. So, um, you know, I'm sure we've got something in store for him, but uh, I'm not sure whether I want to give it up. How important is it to shut him out of the game? Is he the key? He's one of their keys, yeah. Um, they've got plenty of other weapons. Uh, 
you know, but Kirk is definitely one of their go-to guys, and um, if he gets going, uh, it'll be very tough for us to stop him. So, uh, you know, we got to try and stay on top of him. You've said the uh, the breakers are under more pressure probably than, than you guys are. Do, to what extent do you think that pressure is going to affect them, given what happened in in uh, Cairns on Sunday night when when the first half of that game was pretty hard to watch? I imagine from from both sides. Yeah, the first half of the of the game was probably more finals basketball. I guess it was. Uh, you know, it wasn't pretty. It was, you know, there wasn't a lot of shots going down, and um, you know, it was pretty rugged on defense. And I think that's the way tomorrow night could end up. But you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on the breakers. Uh, you know, the whole country really wants them to win the game, and um, you know, that, that's a little bit of external pressure. I'm sure that the the camp is trying to put that out of their minds and just go out there and, and play the way they can play. But um, you know, it, it's sitting there on your shoulder, and, and when things start getting tight in the game, you know, it can rear its ugly head. And uh, for us. You know, we, I guess we don't have that much pressure, but yeah, no one expects, expects us to win here, and um, over here everyone expects the breakers to win. Yeah, after uh, Sunday, that expectation might have changed slightly, though. I mean, you, you got well beaten in the uh, in the first game, but you yourself more or less halved their lead in the third quarter there, so that must have given you the, the two games, well, that quarter and Sunday must have really given you guys a boost. Yeah, I think um, you know when you're four points down with 10 seconds to go, you, you a lot of people would probably sit there and think, well, you know, all hope is lost. But uh, I think we've been in that situation a few times this year and, and we come up with the big plays. And um, we hit a big shot, a big three in the, the semi first semi-final against uh, the Crocs. And they got it into overtime and uh, we lost in overtime. Uh, but that was a big shot. You know, we hit a big shot in Wollongong to keep us in the playoffs. Um, you know, two big shots in Cairns to keep us in the final. So... Uh, you know, it's going to come down the stretch and it's going to be, you know, whoever's going to make those big shots is probably going to get across the line. A lot closer than, uh, than last week. Did, for yourself, any, any, uh, any sort of feelings of personal satisfaction and the, the prospect of uh, you know, putting one over a team that let you go a couple of years ago? Yeah, look, everyone keeps asking me the same question, whether I have any uh, animosity towards uh, the group for letting me go, but... You know, I don't, no, none at all. You know, I really enjoyed my time with the Breakers and, uh, you know, I love playing with all the guys and, and you know, and I love being involved with Andre and Paul Blackwell and Liz Blackwell you know, and, and Dean Vickham and Judd Flavel, all those guys. They really looked after me and my family. Um, but, you know, I understand the situation and I understand that, you know, with the NBL rules, they, they just couldn't fit me into their roster and, that, and that's the way it is. Um, so, you know, as a professional, you try and move on and... and uh, you know, I think the big thing for me is you know just trying to get one over my mates. You know, um, I've got some of my best friends that I've played basketball for you know 20 years uh, against and with, and um, you know if I can get one on to, over them, uh, you know, a bit of bragging rights. So that's the main thing. But there's definitely no animo- animosity towards breakers. What about your own plans for the future? I and mean, you've been at Cairns for a couple of years. Are you likely to be back? Do you think? Or? I don't know. Um, I'm off contract this year. I'm not sure you know which direction the Taipans want to go after the season. So. You know, I guess that'll probably pan out uh, a few weeks after the season. But at this stage, you now we're concentrating on the final game and, and where that leads us. And uh, you know, after that, I'll, I'll wait and see. You must be enjoying yourself with them because I was just watching the, the, the practice. It's interesting contrasting it with the way the breakers were working out yesterday. It was pretty physical and they were banging each other about a bit. But this was looked pretty clinical. You're pretty happy with the way that practice went. Yeah, well, we we had a, a quite a physical practice on Tuesday. You know, we got after each other and. Uh, yeah, you got to give your you got to give your bodies a chance to to recover, and so uh, we've got to make sure we're ready to go when uh, the ball tips off. The former Breakers, now Cairns Taipans basketballer Phil Jones.
Netball New Zealand was forced to backpedal this week after naming goal shoot Catherine Latu in the Silver Ferns squad for July's World Championships in Singapore, despite the Northern Mystics player being ruled ineligible by the sport's international governing body, IFNA, as she'd played for Samoa at the previous tournament in 2007. Netball New Zealand had applied to have the case ruled on by the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland. However, the CAS told them it's too late for them to rule on the matter and Netball New Zealand should have come to them when IFNA made its initial ruling in November 2009. Netball New Zealand Chief Executive Raylene Castle denies it's made a legal blunder in trying to have Latu cleared to play and says they took legal advice on the matter and believe they handled things correctly. She spoke to Stephen Hewson. We have been told by Court of Arbitration for Sport that the, our application is inadmissible on the basis of timing, which is a technicality really. We assume that means that we should have made the application um, nearly 18 months ago when we got the first decision from IFNA um, around Catherine's ineligibility. We continue to be in dialogue with IFNA over that 18-month period. We continue to um, have debate and discussion about it. When they gave us their final ruling in December 2010 and we felt we had no other option and they wouldn't hear it in front of an independent mediator or arbitrator, we decided to go to CARES uh, within 21 days as we were required. But uh, that hasn't turned out to be the right uh, answer. So have you had a full explanation from CAS? By, by the sound of it, you're still not quite clear over why the, the hearing won't be heard. That's right. We are still waiting for a full explanation, but we have had uh, just a, a two-liner basically saying that the case is in, inadmissible, which basically means that they won't hear it. So we are waiting for further detail, but uh, that's, the, that's the, the reasoning as we understand it at the moment. Why did you not find out what was required? We did find out what was required, uh, and that was um, that we need to be in 21 days within their their ruling, which, as far as we were concerned, their final ruling was December 2010. So we believed um, that we had done the right thing. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have applied to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. But that's obviously not the case as far as the Court of Arbitration for Sport is concerned, so there's obviously some mix-up in the way you read the rules. Uh, I think there's an opinion, a way the rules are applied, um, and at the end of the day, they don't answer anything in advance of these things. You have to put your case forward and then you go through the process, so you can't ring them and say, hey, can we just check this with you? So, um, you know, we we had to follow due process, which we did, and um, they've now made their ruling. So you weren't able to check out with them as to to what the regulations were as to regard where and when you needed to, to apply? All we knew was that it had to be within 21 days, which it was. We So we did get our application in within 21 days of the final communication from IFNA. So you've presumably got some, I suppose, disappointment or problem with, with CAS too, in the sense that the, the regulations aren't clear? Yes, I think that would be fair, and I think that in, throughout all of this process, all we've ever asked for, Netball New Zealand has ever asked for, is that we had a chance for an independent person with a clean set of eyes to have a look at this um, issue and Catherine's eligibility versus the, the IFNA constitution, and that's all we ever wanted, and now we're still not going to get that opportunity, so that's why we're very disappointed. Will you be discussing with CAS the, the lack of clarity that... You're obviously there is some misunderstanding there, and is there any chance that they may review that decision? No, there's no chance. That, they've said that, that they can't, despite That's the right. fact that there's a misunderstanding or some lack of clarification over the regulation? Yes. How disappointed are you then with, with this 
we're hugely disappointed and we're hugely disappointed for Catherine and you know she um, has worked really hard to get herself into um, be playing well enough to be selected for the Silver Ferns and I think it's the time that it's taken to come to this conclusion. This has been going on for three months and had they notified us that they didn't believe the timing or the timing technicality was an issue, we could have had this all done and dusted in, in two weeks. Um, and therefore we wouldn't have put Catherine um, through this process, and Netball New Zealand wouldn't have been through this process, but unfortunately it took them three months to make that decision. Did you make the decision, or did you have lawyers looking into it? Oh no, we, had, we were working closely with, with lawyers who gave us the advice and um, had had experience with these things previously. So we, we feel very comfortable that we followed good process. And you're comfortable that the legal advice you got was, was satisfactory? That, yes, so would they have known the situation any clearer than than what you're now being told by Cass? The advice we got was that we had done the right thing and um, that's why you have a legal team is that they tell you these things and, and so that's what we were working towards and that they had had experience with these things previously. So would you have thought that they might have a greater awareness of what was required then? Well, we did do what was required. We lodged within 21 days. Um, um, but, it but, was, but, I mean, Kaz obviously th- thinks that you haven't lodged it properly. I mean, there's obviously some cla- or misunderstanding over, over, over to what's required or needed, and presumably if you've got a legal team that has worked or handled cases with Kaz before, they, you would have thought they would have known the situation. That's right, and that's why they recommended we did what we did. So it's very, it's very, very difficult and very, very frustrating because it's not black and white. So right. until we see the full um, CAS uh, readings of the of, or findings, it's going to be very difficult for us to have any further opinion at this stage. Hmm. When when did you learn about this? Over Easter. Right. Yep. And you communicated it to to Catherine. What was her reaction? She's hugely disappointed, as you can imagine. She's excited about the opportunity to um, put herself against the best players in the world, and now she's not going to get that opportunity. But um, she's also very determined to um, prove that she's an international-class netballer and um, is going to work hard to getting selected at the end of the year. Castle says they have no further course of appeal, and a replacement for Latu will be named in a couple of weeks. This is Extra Time, a web-only sports programme from Radio New Zealand Sport. I'm Joe Porter. The Highlanders, a team written off by all except the most ardent supporters at the start of the Super Rugby season, have found themselves not only near the top of the New Zealand Conference, but also at the summit of the overall standings midway through the competition. They've recorded seven victories from nine games, including wins over the defending champion Bulls at their Loftus Versfeld Fortress and over the Super Rugby juggernaut Crusaders in Nelson last weekend. Jamie Joseph's men are now fifth in the championship and well in the mix for one of the six playoff places available. They face the competition-leading Blues in a mouth-watering local derby at Carisbrook this weekend, and Murray Williams talked to Captain Jamie McIntosh about the Saturday night showdown in Dunedin and what's fueling the Highlanders' success in 2011. Last week was just, you know, both teams made a lot of changes, and the pleasing thing for us was that uh, we made a lot of changes and still performed, um, you know, with a pretty good intensity and, you know, our... Um, set piece and our transition um, into phase play seem to you know, keep building so um, you know, in previous years yeah, the Blues have really taken us on physically around the ruck and at the contact area with like, so Jerome and Kevy really beat us up so you know, this year a big emphasis is on um, to work a lot smarter around that area and match their intensity and you know, hopefully we can uh, stick, stick with them and, um, and have a good game. Yeah, there's an announcement coming out of there I'm about now about the future of a player who I suspect might be Tony Woodcock so it sounds like you mightn't have to worry about him at the weekend. 
Yeah, well, I think um, I'm not too sure what the story was with Woody, but uh, I know he's had a pretty similar foot injury to me a couple of years ago, and with the old scrum foot, and it's not much fun, so I just hope it's not that. But um, you know, even if Woody's not there, they still form a pretty great front row with Johnny Afar and Kevy, and I think David has been playing really well. So um, yeah, we're still got to work cut out for us, and you know, our scrum's been under pressure, so we're just gonna um, you know, front up there and give our backs some ball. I see that uh, you've got um, Ben at second five and and um, Robbie at fullback. Are you happy with that sort of line? I mean, Robbie's not not a bad uh, number ten as well, isn't he? Oh, it's a great thing about Robbie. He can you know play both positions. He's probably showed last week he's a little bit more comfortable at fullback for a bit more time and a little bit less pressure. But uh, you know Ben Smith, you know stepped up really well into second five and you know um, his defence is great and. Uh, adds another string to our bow and attack. You know, um, obviously Trebs has got a pretty sore knee and he's out for another four weeks. And so um, he's been really good for us getting us over the game line. So Ben is a different second five where he, um, you know, he'll work for the space. You know, but uh, we've definitely got the ability to play direct. But you know, we just play a bit smarter with Ben today. Yeah, he was looking pretty good at fullback too, though, wasn't he? Oh, mate, he's a great player. Obviously, he can not the ability to slot him to second five centre, but he's preferably a fullback, and he's been one of our um, you know star players this year. As as you guys, I remember seeing you at one of the earlier matches, um, being fairly uh, uh, self-effacing about uh, the way you were going. But you seem to be a pretty good example, I guess, of the old um, the old cliche: the you know, the champion team versus the team of champions. Are you are you pretty happy with the way things are trucking? Yeah, I couldn't be happier. Um, got a great bunch of guys with. Uh, yeah, I've all bought into a, a bit of a theme, and um, yeah, I suppose along with that, winning helps. But yeah, the way we've won some of the games haven't been pretty, but I think winning builds confidence and and a, and a good environment. And at the moment, things are really good. But I suppose the key for us is, in any team is when the game gets tough and you lose a few games, you've got to stick together and have trust in what you're doing. So I think we've set a really good foundation, not only for the rest of this year, but you know for the next few years, as, you know, for the Hollanders that. Yeah, we've got a good work ethic, and if we do things right, um, and believe in what we do, we can beat teams. You said that you know, you haven't won some of your games in a particularly pretty way, but I guess uh, Melbourne kind of put paid to that, and to some extent, because that was a, a fairly attractive game to watch. Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks we've started to score some really nice tries. I think we started back against the Brumbies, wanting to concentrate on our game and running the ball, and we scored a couple of nice tries. And then the next week against the Cheetahs, we created, I think. 28 line breaks, we only got three tries, but we played a lot of rugby, and so now we've just kept working hard at our game. Um, you know, it come to fruition a little bit against um, against the Crusaders and also against the Rebels, which was pretty exciting. So we've just got to keep working hard at what we do good, and we're finding the more we concentrate on ourselves, the better we play. The Highlanders captain, Jamie McIntosh. It appears enough was finally enough for the Manly NRL chief executive and former New Zealand rugby league coach Graham Lowe, who quit his post this week in the face of failing health. A series of medical tests convinced Lowe that his body was no longer up to the rigours of running an NRL club. The 64-year-old, who has had a long battle with heart issues, vowing to devote his time to his recovery and family. He will remain with the club in a limited capacity until June, with the Sea Eagles beginning an immediate search for a replacement. I caught up with Lowe on the Manly team bus as he and the side made their way to the airport ahead of the Sea Eagles clash with the Cowboys in North Queensland on Saturday night. I've got a young family and doing what I'm doing is certainly, I suppose, um, not helping manage the health situation that I'm doing. So I um, decided to stand down uh, my position at the club, which was a really you know, tough call to make. 
and obviously people at the club will be sad to see you go. There was no, no pressure to put on you to stay? Oh, no, no. Everyone's been really understanding and supportive, so it's been fantastic, actually. You've had your fair share of controversy, I guess, at the club in your time that you've been there. Has there been any regrets from your tenure at Manly? No, 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 no regrets whatsoever. I mean, um, you know, certainly uh, I don't deny there's been occasional times when there's been small uh, misdemeanours in the public eye, and you think, gee, why did that happen? But there have been, you know, there's been, uh, you know, a number of um, headlines and things like that that probably we maybe uh, would have liked to have not had, but. Um, We've been able to work our way through them all, and, and I've got to say that there's a, a really calmness in the organisation now that's, um, that I'm really proud of. Obviously, you would have had some goals when you when you entered the role. Do you feel like you've achieved them, and, and what were some of those specific goals or achievements? When I arrived, there, were, there was a little turmoil going on, board level and whatnot, so um, you know it, it wasn't a good look. Um, but you know, working with I was able to work with the board very closely, and and uh, and sort of impart my philosophy on it a little bit, and, and I'm, I'm really pleased to say that the response was fantastic. And, and you know, I think there's a calmness now that that's uh, around that I'm really proud of. You talk about that calmness. Do you feel like you're leaving the club in a good position in good stead? Yeah, that, uh, for sure. You know, um, and it's really. I mean, one of the disappointing things is I've got a really good feeling about how we're going to go this year, and um, Desi is is. Uh, just doing a, a, um, an absolutely fantastic job um, moulding these young players that he's bringing into the first grade side, into the NRL side, and blending them in with the with the more seasoned and experienced uh, big name players, and it's just working a treat. I mean, we, we've performed extremely well, winning four out of six so far, and um, and even the two that we lost, we had our opportunities to win. So, you know, the, at the end of the day, we're a football club, and um, and in many ways, that's that's how a lot of things are measured. And you'd have to say that um, anyone looking to measure a side would be um, would be pleased with what they're looking at. You're obviously very passionate oh. about rugby league and and manly as well. A decision not taken lightly to step back then, considering how excited you are about this season. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That the um, I mean, it's it's because you you hope all your life that you get a job like this. And uh, you know, if you if you're if you're a rugby league person, you just—it's, you know—I don't know any. I have one single mate who'd absolutely give his eye teeth to, to, you know, have a job like I've got now. And so to um, stand down from it is um, something I—I I, I suppose I regret. I regret having to, do, but I don't regret the decision. Are you leaving the door open for a possible return to the club or or another club? Should your health, I guess, um, take a turn for the better? Oh, I, I think that the game is always. Um, in your heart, if you've been a rugby league person, no matter you know what happens or what the circumstances are, it remains in your heart. The New Zealand game, obviously, um, with Steve Kearney at the helm and, and guys like Benji and Steve Matai, senior players in the team, they've had a few impressive results over the last few years. Do, do you feel like the game in New Zealand is, is at a position now it maybe has never been in before? Yeah, I, th- I think internationally uh, the Kiwis are in a, in, a, in a great space at the moment, and, and maybe even a better space than Australia when you look at um, you know the, what, what's coming through and, and the, the players that are uh, the Polynesian players in particular that are starting to play over here. Um, the younger guys, it's, it's really given it's giving the Kiwis a lot of depth that they never. The Kiwis all, have always, um, I, I suppose, their first 13 uh, chosen have always been um, a good team. 
but one or two injuries amongst those blokes, and they've always struggled against Australia. But now they are in a position to be able to lose one or two players and and replace them with with uh, players who are experienced NRL people. So that's that's a great plus. Graham, have you ever given thought to perhaps getting involved at the, at the Warriors setup or, or back again with New Zealand Rugby League? Um, oh, sort of yes and no. I've got a great relationship with the Warriors, with Wayne Scurra in particular, and um, I'd always be prepared to help them out wherever they, you know, wherever I could. But um, you know, it's a funny thing when you, when you, uh, you know, with another organisation, you just become totally blinkered to to what the requirements and needs of that organisation are, and that's that's sort of how I've been, um, you know, for the last few years. Compared to when you were kicking around on the field, the uh, media pressure and media scrutiny on the players off the field is obviously a lot more intense these days. Do you feel that that's just part of the nature of the game and the way it develops, but obviously it's a different environment now, being a young guy coming through, there's a lot more, I guess, not temptations but pressures? Oh yeah, well, I mean the, the I think the expectations in many ways are unfair on the players. Um, at the end of the day it's just a football team um, and, and I suppose the public make the team into what they want them to be. Um, I can only say that looking really closely um, at, at, at players, they're all just good kids, not only ours. I, you know, you don't, I, I couldn't put my hand up and say, look, I know of one rat bag. Um, they're all good kids. Some some have, you know, act slightly different to others, and I think it's, it's like any sport, whether it be rugby league, cricket, union, or soccer, or whatever. A big team organisation has a blend of different characters, as simple as that. With guys like Izzy and, and Special K defecting, I guess, to the big money of the AFL, do you feel like the NRL's doing things the right way to, to keep their talent in the game and to obviously attract more talent to the game? Oh, yeah, it certainly is. And, and, uh, and you know, you, losing those players to the AFL and whatnot, I mean, there's always, the, historically the game has shown no matter who goes, there's always new ones that'll come in and, and, and make their mark. And, and I think Manly's a good of it this year because um, uh, many people didn't see the... Uh, the, any sort of sign of, of success when they looked at our playing squad with so many young people in it, but Desi just proved that that totally wrong and, and shown with the right direction and the right values, um, you can be a successful club. Lastly, before I let you go, uh, you're taking some time out to, to put your health first, I guess, for the immediate future, but this perhaps isn't the last we've seen from Graham Lowe in rugby league? Oh, you never know. <laughs> you never know. The outgoing Manly NRL Chief Executive, Graham Lowe. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via sport at radionz.co.nz. You can get the latest sports news anytime on our website, while we'll be back with the next web-only Extra Time show next week. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.